115, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You're a close church. I'll get closer, is that all right? I think when I came in, I was greeted by five people. That's a good sign for a church. Um, Pastor Greg said, um, Brenda, thank you for the introduction. Uh, but she said, Pastor Greg said, say something that's a highlight from Glendale Academy. And I said, okay, I've been teaching for three years. And um, I think the best part is when I get to um, really talk to a teenager one-on-one or even get to baptize them. But a true highlight was being in the band and corral. I was a student at Glendale and Brenda has been teaching for almost 26, 26 years. 26 years at Glendale Academy. Can we give that a... And he thinks I'm not going to mention his name. Craig Moore. If the band... And jazz band were here. Um, uh, you would just be blessed through that. So Craig, you know, he, he jokes around with me because my senior year of high school, um, his first year, I quit band. <laughs> and he jokes around and says, you know, was that because I was the first year? Because Brenda was my band teacher. Um, so they are an awesome couple. And Corral, you guys are awesome, despite the coughs. Does she still say lips to teeth, the tip of the tongue? Okay, she'd also tell me this, you know, it takes more muscles in your face to frown. Does she still say that? So smile. Enjoy, smile. And I still remember that. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this church, for your Advent message, and for your gift of love. Thank you for this church family. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Pastor Greg spoke with me and said, do a... You know, eight to ten minute sermonette. I go, fine, Pastor, I can handle that. I, I think I'm losing my preaching skills because in the classroom, you guys know how boring I am. It's this lecture and PowerPoint and quizzes and multiple choice exams. Um, but I did ask Pastor Greg, I go, Pastor Greg, could you please send me an email? Tell me about your congregation. Can you give me a profile? And he said, sure, I'll email it to you. When I received the email and I read it, I said, can I, this is like, these are beautiful words. Can I share this with your congregation? He said, sure. So you want to hear it? This is what he says. I would describe my congregation as engaged, intellectually alive, and reasonably educated. (laughs) You know, when I read that line, I said, "Uh uh-oh, they got the wrong guy for this. Um, I said, "Uh uh-oh, we need someone else. Then I read the next line. It said, forgiving. So, if, um, thank you for having me. Thoughtful, caring, welcoming, integrated, supportive, appreciative, generous, good-humored. I would additionally describe the leadership as circumspect, wise, deliberate, capable and loving, 
this is truly one of the greatest congregations in the conference. And then I gave him a call. I said, is there anything negative you want to say about your congregation? In your absence, he says, no, I love my congregation. Um, it's the Advent season. The candle's here. Um, we are on joy. Pastor Honus said you spoke about, is it true way? Was it last, last Sabbath, the way? I am the way, the truth and the life. And if we think about the Advent season, I think it's wonderful how our church, or your church, celebrates it. We sometimes forget the true meaning of this Advent season. It's that period from Malachi to the birth of Christ, that 400-year period, each candle symbolizing 100 years. So we are technically at, what, 100 B.C.? Joy. Now, um, he mentioned that they used to be called the early church people of the way. Now, people of the way, we don't call them Christians. This is the church in Jerusalem. These are Jewish disciples. Later, when we get to um, later in Acts, they call themselves Christians. Um, Christos, Christianos, followers of Christ. Now, they're trying to figure out, is this the Messiah? Is this the guy who the prophets foretold? And if you were at Sabbath school this morning, is Peter here? Peter Thornburg? Is Peter around? Oh, hey, Peter. Oh, hi. You missed an excellent Sabbath school. I mean, he knows his prophets. Because he knows the prophets were trying to figure out, is this the Messiah? Is this the one that they, that they prophesied? Your reading talks about Zechariah. Zechariah says that the Messiah would come riding on a donkey. Isaiah says he would be born of a virgin. Um, Micah says he would come from Bethlehem. So they're trying to piece the puzzles together. Is this the Messiah? Um, but today, I do want to talk to you about joy, briefly. Um, joy in two simple definitions. Um, joy in terms of the holiday season, and Jesus' joy. Um, joy of the holiday seasons, and um, Jesus' joy. Um, first, the joy of the holiday seasons. I was at the, how was that your, uh, at the band and chorale Christmas concert Thursday night. And what was so exciting about this church was, for the first time in, what, two years? Almost three? Almost three years, we were not in our chapel. Um, Craig, uh, Mr. Moore, saw that one of the supporting beams had a crack, and that supported our roof, so it, it was just too dangerous to be in there. Until recently, we were able to get steel bracing. So everybody packed this house. I mean, there was excitement. It wasn't fully prepared. The band, the chorale, the jazz band, the choir... Um, I was in the back, leaning up against the wall. I looked to my left, and interestingly enough, it was a chaplain from the hospital. When I was doing my internship, I remember his name, but um, I, you know, I tried to get his attention. As he sat, sat back, leaning against the wall, after each song, he would say, Praise God, how joyful this is. Another song would come, and he would say, Oh, this Christmas music. Um, they sang Joy to the World. Um, Brenda even had the audience take out keys during Santa Claus or Jingle Bells, and they would uh, ring their keys. And so there was this joy in the air. And I turned to him, and I, I said, 
hey, you remember me? And he goes, yes, I do. And he goes, you know how old I am now? I go, I'm not too sure. And he goes, I'm 85 years old. And he, he said, and I asked him, do you remember being that young? And he looks at me and says, barely. <laughs> barely, Ben, barely. Uh, there was this joy of the holiday season. The music. Um, then there is, what is it? Just the joy of the presents, the giving. Uh, Black Friday. I've never gone to a Black Friday in my entire life. But I was determined to, to get my wife a present. Um, but secretly, I didn't want her to know. So I sabotaged her alarm clock Thursday evening. So she wouldn't get up. I turned off her cell phone. I took my cell phone and put it under my bed and put it on vibrate mode so she wouldn't get up. My phone goes off. Early in the morning, I slip out of bed. She's still asleep. I put my shoes on, my jacket, my jeans, and I step outside and it's cold. 4.30 in the morning. I won't do it again. I really won't. Because I step back inside. And I put thermals under my jeans. And as I was putting, putting my shoes back on, she steps into the living room and says, what are you doing this early in the morning? We're supposed to go at like 8 or 7. And I said, you caught me. I was trying to surprise you because she wanted these boots. These leather boots, and um, they were on sale, of course, if you get there 5 in the morning. But I said, I wanted to surprise you. Um, there was a joy I wanted to surprise my wife with. I mean, what if I said to her, um, and she says, what are you doing this morning? And, she said, and I said to her, well, it's my duty as a husband to get you a gift. <laughs> and it's Black Friday, and I need to save some money, because you're expensive. Does she even want the gift anymore, church? No, she wants to know that I'm excited. I, I'm, I have this holiday joy spirit in my heart. So I did get the boots, but when I got to the store, the guy said they were out of stock, so I had to buy it online. And as he was looking at me, he goes, Sir, I hope you know that these are women's boots. <laughs> I was tired. I didn't know how to respond to that. It was one of those extra grace-required days. So just order the boots. Yes, they're women's boots. I didn't have to prove myself, right? Um, so there's this general joy, this holiday joy. But I want to talk to you, finally, on this final point. Um, Jesus joy. Church, Jesus joy. Now, Pastor Greg is this intellectual giant. He has these deep thoughts. I know, I, you know, I've heard him speak. So if I bring it elementary to you like this quiz format, um, bear with me. Um, when you think of Jesus' joy, I want to frame it in terms of a love triangle. Now, when you hear the word love triangle, it's not necessarily the, a positive thing when you hear love triangle. I mean, you hear it a lot with high school students. A likes B. A also likes C. And they're confused. Or A and B like C, and C doesn't know where to go with this. Now, there's a good love triangle, and there's a bad love triangle. Let me explain. In the Old Testament, if we look at this love triangle, in terms of this Jesus joy, um, from the beginning, Adam and Eve are, 
asked to choose between God or the serpent. Um, Peter, Mr. Thornburg spoke about just our early patriarchs. I want you to help me. I want to quiz you because this is teacher part coming out. Abraham has two wives, Sarah and? Very good. Hagar. Who does Abraham favor? Sarah. Abraham has two sons, Isaac and? Ishmael. Who does he favor? Isaac. Isaac has two sons, Jacob and Esau. Who does he favor? Esau. Jacob has two wives. Well, technically four because you know they had the maidservants. They just just dysfunction, you know. This. God has to work within the historical context. So Jacob has two wives, Rachel and Leah. Who does he favor? Rachel. Love triangle, favoritism. Jacob goes so far as to favor even the, the children of Rachel. And those kids are Joseph and, and Benjamin. You know, if I know one thing, if you want people to fight, or if parents want their children to fight, show favoritism. If a teacher wants to lose respect in a classroom, probably the first thing they can do is show favoritism. You know, show favoritism. Um, so throughout the Bible, we see this dysfunction. You have the prophets saying to the kings, Woe unto you, or it is written, turn away from your idolatry. You have this divided kingdom, and you have this huge concentration of prophets before everything falls apart. Choose God. Don't choose idolatry. They choose idolatry. They can't function. So what is this love triangle? I want to keep it simple. We are in the third candle. The third candle is joy. Joy. I'm trying to remind myself to smile, Brenda, when I think of up here, lips, teeth, and tip of the tongue. Joy. Let me emphasize it. Father favors. Husband favors. But the writer in Luke... We hear this all the time. Solely in the book of Luke, we have the story of the prodigal son. And church, you know the story of the prodigal son. And most biblical scholars will agree that Luke is writing to a Gentile audience. So, what makes this story so interesting from a Gentile perspective is you have in verse 28. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. Right? The, the prodigal son comes home. And the father is rejoicing. So his father, according to the scriptures, went out and pleaded with the older brother. And in the scriptures he says, Look, all these years, this is the older brother, or one of the brothers, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. You never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home you killed the fat calf for him my son the father said you are always with me and everything I have is yours but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again he's in joy he was lost and is found 
This father is what? Does he show favoritism? He's impartial. He says, your brother, he's back. I still love you. We're family. And to a Gentile, this is like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. To a Jewish listener, he'd be like, wait a minute, what's the, where's the Darwinian thing? I mean, isn't the father supposed to favor the one sent over the other? Because that's how the story goes. Abraham, there's always favoritism. I want to keep it simple. Joy. Let me put it in the perspective of an acronym, church. Um, Jesus says, you are a light to the world. Isaiah says you are a light to the world. Um, the ideal love triangle, or the ideal Jesus joy, is taken from those words. J is for Jesus. O is for others. And Y is for you. Um, this coming together, this ideal love triangle, Jesus partners with you to reach others. Jesus partners with others to reach you. Um, what would our church be without Jesus? What would our church be without others? And what would our church be without you? Even in the year 2010, our Lord calls us to be the light to the world, to help the poor, to visit the widow, to feed the hungry, to give freedom to the oppressed, to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. This is what our Lord demands of us. In the words of Micah, He wants us to walk humbly. He wants us to do justice. He um, wants us to love our God. Um, recently we had a toy drive, and one of the students came and said, you know, Mr. Garcia, I have this toy, but my mother is bringing shoes and a shirt and a jacket. Um, just, not just a toy. There is this joy when we have Jesus, others, and you. So when we invite Christ to be part of our relationship, it is indeed the ideal love triangle. Um, church, you have celebrated in anticipation of the Advent theme. Hope, way, and today joy. When Pastor Greg comes back, you'll get the fourth candle. Four centuries, right? Well, that was eight. Four. Okay? Um, so joy to the Lord. The Lord has come. And joy to the Lord... The Lord will come. Joy to the world. The Lord will come in the second advent. But until that day comes, may we rest in the assurance that God's grace is sufficient. May we truly live a resurrected life each day, remembering that Jesus Christ was born, died for our sins, was raised for others, and for you. May grace and peace be with you in abundance this Advent season.